Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Come on, magnify the Lord today. He's holy. The Lord is holy. Come on, let's glorify Him. Hallelujah. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're holy today, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think in the next few weeks, there should be something on the heart of every single one of us. And that is to find the place that God has carved out for us individually. How many believe there's a place reserved just for you? I don't think we just serve Him collaboratively. That's what we're doing tonight. But at the end of the day, our relationship with Jesus Christ is a personal relationship. He told Moses, He said, I've got a place beside me. I've got a place with me. Would you take your hand and just sort of hold it like that? There's a place God said is reserved for you. He said, I'm, when you get in that spot, I'm going to put my hand over your eye. And he said, you're not going to see the front part of me. You're not going to see my face. He said, but you'll see the back part of me. I believe that was the moment where God showed him creation. Amen. I really do. Because how do we know that in the beginning God created and the earth was without form? I'm going to tell you how. Because Sister Kimmy, in that moment, God said, look what I did. I'm going to show you something that no man has ever known. No man has ever seen. I'm going to reveal a secret about how all of this began. And in that relationship, God began to give him understanding of the beginning of time. Come on, I want to know who he is today. I want to know everything about him. I want to learn. And then on the other side, that started the book of Genesis. But when you get to the book of Revelation, there was this one by the name of John the Beloved. Amen. John the Beloved. John, in, in, on the Isle of Patmos, he made this statement, Zion. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he said, behold, I saw his eyes. They were like fire. You know what he was saying? I saw the front of God. I saw the face of God. And when he did, he said, let me show you something that no one has ever seen. He saw the end of time. He saw the streets of gold and the gates of pearl. He saw heaven. And he began to reveal to somebody close enough to him to show him things, nothing, something that no one has ever seen. You know what I feel? I feel like God can show you things about your family. He can show you things about your city. He can show you things. You just got to get along with him and let him open up to you. I'm not the preacher tonight. I'm just the pastor. But listen to me right now. Holiness, holiness. Thank God for your holiness. But holiness was never supposed to be just separate, separated from the world. Separated from the world becomes isolation. It was separated not just from the world, but unto God. And on the miter of the priest who was separated for a purpose. It said holiness on that gold band that held the hat on that priest. It said holiness unto the Lord. It's not just come out from the world. It's come into his presence. It's come out from sin and into relationship. I'm telling you, God's got something better for you than just deliverance from sin. He's got a place for you. He's got a place. He's got a place. Lord, I pray for this congregation on this Sunday evening. I pray they would receive the word that's about to be preached from the man of God. But I pray each of them individually would focus on what you've called them to do. And that is a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen. Amen. Let's, let's return to our seats. We're going to change the order of service here tonight. Hallelujah. He's holy. I said the Lord is holy. There's nobody like Him. He's my hope. 
He's my joy. He's my peace. He's my strength. He's the lifter of my head. Is there anybody that loves him tonight? Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm asking every single one of you to find a place alone with God this week. In that alone time, that alone time with the Lord is not about your family. It's not about your spouse, your kids. It's not about the lost world. It's all about Him. Everybody say Him. I want you to create a place with God that is about Him and you. Everybody say, my devotion. There's a time for intercession, but not during your devotion. Look at your neighbor and say, quit quit crying over the world during devotion time. Amen. That's the problem. We get ministry in the way of relationship. I want to be like Jesus, don't you? Amen. And so uh, if you do not have a prayer journal, I want you to find one. And I want you to start writing in that prayer journal the things that God begins to reveal to you. I've said it teaching our teachers. I've said it teaching our leaders yesterday. But I have not studied to get a message since I was 19 and I'm 43. Why? Because my focus is not the church. Ministry. My focus is Him. And ministry is what I do in the overflow of my devotion. Did you hear me? I'm trying to bring balance to this. You can only weep so long. You can only intercede so long. Somewhere you've got to get with Him and let there be a refreshing of His Spirit in your soul. Walk with God. And I'm teaching you right now for a moment. And I'm just... On Wednesday night, I'm going to bring some balance to this. I'm going to talk about some things about a refreshing. I want you to be here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I'm going to be teaching about your relationship with God, about feeling accomplished. I'm going to give them more detail what I taught a few weeks ago about creation. God did it in a certain way so you could walk with Him in balance. It's not the will of God to cry all the time. Live for God miserably. (laughs) And it's the will of God for you to have peace and joy and and rejoicing, amen, amen. And so Wednesday night we're going to be teaching about that and I want you to be here. Uh, Brother Marshall, Sister Marshall, we're so glad to glad to have you. We, we uh, amen, Sister Rachel Edwards' parents and pastors in a great church in Kentucky, was superintendent there for many years and in the United Pentecostal Church. You welcome them. We're so glad, Brother. They're here, Brother Sister Marshall. Amen. Such great people have been so kind to me over the years. And uh, without any further ado, we're so glad to have our missionaries with us out of this church to South Southern Asia. And uh, so glad for the Barsadis. Brother Barsadi, we're so proud of you. Amen. Sister Ashley. Sister Ashley, won't you come? Come on up here. Amen. Let's all stand, amen, honor of a lady of God, giving her life, amen, to missions. The Bible says give honor where honor is due. I want you to take a moment. And uh, this church loves you. We're behind you. And I think, uh, you know, all of our churches collaborative. We speak a church, you know, it's not just here, but it's all of the daughter works as well. And because we believe like we're one church in many locations but we all support you all behind you they are here going to be deputizing for the next several months uh, uh, going around the country and because they want to be more established as missionaries and uh, long-term missionaries we're so thrilled that they're here and Zion where are you at wave your hand Zion man the, the Holy Ghost is touching you minister to you and I already prophesied to you a few weeks ago but God's going to do what he says he's going to do can the church say amen would you welcome Sister Barsati? And she'll introduce her husband today. We're so glad that she's here. Praise the Lord, church. I, uh, I actually told my husband not to call me up here tonight. Um, 
But uh, Pastor Bounds, I, I will do this for you, for sure, definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I really do. And uh, I'm so thankful for the church. I really am. <laughs> you know, my husband said it this morning when he was in Crooksville, and it's, it's so true. The older I get, the more certain things mean to me. The church has such a special meaning to me, the older I get. And uh, it's family, it's family, that's what it is. I was born again into the greatest family in the entire world. I was born again into a heavenly family, one that cares about me, one that prays for me, one that loves my family. Thank you so much, thank you so much. And uh, while we're in Vietnam, we are on a mission. And while we're in America, we're on a mission as well. The mission that we're on while we're here is to raise support so that way we can get back to our calling, to our God-given mission. And I do believe that we are here right now for a purpose. I believe that. I believe that every opportunity, every situation, every circumstance in life that we go through, God has given us that as an opportunity for him and uh, I'm thankful, I'm just thankful. Thank you, thank you for, for praying for us. Thank you for supporting us, believing in us. Thank you for every message you send to us while we are in Vietnam and you just say, hey, we're thinking about you. That means so much to us. Thank you for loving Zion. <laughs> thank you for that. And, uh, so tonight I am given the opportunity to introduce uh, the speaker, the minister for tonight. And I told him in the car, I said, you're going to do a great job tonight. And he said, I am. I said, you are. I said, because God wants you to do a great job tonight. Because you are the people of God. And I do believe that he has a message for you tonight. And I do believe that he wants to speak to you and minister to you and minister to me. And God never wastes an opportunity. He never wastes an opportunity. So tonight I get to introduce to you my husband, <laughs> Josh Barsati. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Last time we were here, um, I believe I asked Ashley to come up that time. She said she didn't say I couldn't, but I was, I must have been feeling really good. And I said, get up here, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I was just feeling really good. And so she told me never to do that again. Uh, thank you, Pastor Bounds. You saved me on making any mistakes. And uh, wow, wow, just, in, just incredible. I sure do love my wife and, uh, and Zion. Um, lately, I've been calling her my ride or die because we ride everywhere. We've almost died a couple times, <laughs> but we're still riding. Hallelujah. And uh, no greater no greater joy for me than, uh, you know, Ashley said, you're going to do good today. And I said, oh, really? Like, <laughs> I, was, I was wondering for a minute how it was going to go, but she said it was going to go good. So thank you, Jesus. But uh, for me, for me personally, I sure do love after a Sunday or preaching when when Zion says, that was good, Dad. Oh, man. Ooh, that's, a, that's a great joy right there. That's a great joy when, when your daughter loves your preaching. But sometimes, sometimes I'll just, I got to tell you, I don't have a filter, and that's kind of dangerous. So my wife lets me know after church what I should have said. And, and um, but, uh, uh, but, you know, sometimes around the house when I tell the family to do something they don't want to do, they said, you're not my pastor. Pastor Bounds is my pastor. <laughs> I said, well, well, can you at least pay, pay your tithes to me? <laughs> just kidding. I don't think I've said that, but now I just did. So it's out there. Hallelujah. Wow. What a, what a, uh, what a joy to be able to minister the word of the Lord to you. I feel like, you know, Paul later in his life he asked Timothy to come back with uh, his parchments and bring the word of God back to him. Timothy 
is what brought, or Paul is what brought the word of God to Timothy, and then later Timothy brought the word of God back to to Paul. And uh, I feel like you have given me the word of the Lord throughout so many years. And uh, you know, just on a, a funny note, but it was very. I was like, yes, Lord. This morning, a little boy came up to me and he said, have fun. And after everything you said today, stop crying. <laughs> and the little boy said, have fun. I took it as a word from the Lord. I said, yeah, I'm going to have fun. <laughs> I'm just going to have fun living for God. Hallelujah. I'm going to cry and laugh at the same time. Praise the Lord. And uh, I just, I don't have the words to say thank you, Pastor Bounds. I don't have the word. Thank you for opening up the door for this to be a sending church. When that door was opened, then it just began to send more and more. And I was a recipient of you opening up that, that spiritual door. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. To the church, you've done so much. You've done so much. We're here because of you. You prayed us back to life. You really did. All of the, all of the, um, the anchor churches, uh, thank you so much for your support financially, prayerfully. Thank you. I know, I, I know that you're always praying for us, and that gives us, uh, that gives us great confidence. Now, I don't think Brother Melik is here. Uh, I can't see that well. But Brother Melik has, uh, I'm sorry, should I, I should say Mark Melik. Brother Mark Melik is not here and uh, he has been so good to us we could not do i'm just going to leave you standing for a little bit longer okay and you'll you'll sit down the rest of the time uh but i just want to say i'm sure he's probably going to watch this later and maybe his wife and kids are here um yeah i see you thank you so much for your husband and i love the phone calls where you're in the background telling him what to say and what not to say and uh, at times I say, what did she say? Because uh, I wouldn't know what she has to say. Uh, you know, Brother Melik has been so good to us. Uh, incredible how good he's been to us. The other day I told Ashley, I don't know why people are nice to us. I still haven't figured that out. But he is beyond nice. But I do have to do something because he's not here. Uh, I need everybody to say amen. amen. If you believe Brother Mark Melik is more corky than me. Thank you. It's confirmed. We have it on video. But I have held that in my heart for like four years. He publicly said I was quirky, and I never got over that. So I think I can bury that hatchet today. Hallelujah. It's confirmed by the whole church with an amen. Thank you, Jesus. Love every one of you. So many good friends. Uh, we leave tomorrow to start. We have a year and a half of deputation. And that is traveling to raise our funds to get back to uh, Vietnam, uh, Laos, and Cambodia is where we're appointed to. Uh, we are asking the Lord that we could get it done in six months. So we are expecting it will have to be a miracle, and uh, we just believe in miracles. So uh, we're excited to just go through the journey and quickly get back home. Um, if I could give a quick report. Uh, over the last six years that we've been in Vietnam. You all okay? Can you stand a little longer? I haven't forgot about you, don't worry. My feet hurt a little bit too. So I haven't forgot about you. Uh, maybe you should be seated, okay? Just be seated. I don't want to, I keep you standing too long. You're gonna sit and be too tired. Uh, over the last six years, we have, there goes my, my music. <laughs> I was about to sing in a minute. Uh, over the last six years, we, the Lord has allowed us to baptize several thousand people in the name of Jesus. We have, praise God, very powerful, very powerful. Thank you, thank you. You were a part of that, your prayers. Thank you, hallelujah, praise God, <laughs> praise God. So over the last six years, we've been, allow, uh, the Lord has allowed us to um, start the United Pentecostal Church of Vietnam. This is the first time within the history of any apostolic organization to begin to license ministers uh, there. Um, we've also started five Purpose Institute Bible schools as well. And uh, as, of, as of this year, we are officially the first apostolic missionaries to live within the country of Vietnam. We feel a great honor uh, to to uh, be able to live within the country of Vietnam. Hallelujah. 
Everybody say amen. amen. All right. I think I said everything I need to say. I'm terrible with like all of that, that stuff. It's just a lot easier to get into the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like to mention every face that I see uh, because you're so kind and you've been so nice to me through the years, but I can't do that. So thank you, everyone, for everything. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. I feel, Brother uh, Pastor Richard said um, uh, before we came up here, he, he said something, but I felt it as we worship. I feel like, like God is going to spiritually affirm many of you tonight where you're going to know exactly who you are. You're going to see yourself exactly how God sees you. Hallelujah. I am very timid. I am very shy. I am nervous about everything, but I do have a strong confidence in who I am in Jesus. Hallelujah. So I lean on that in nervous times. And I do feel like tonight God is going to spiritually affirm who you are in him. Hallelujah. It is going to change the way you think and the way you view yourself. I believe that. And on top of that, I believe God is going to give us a moment in the spirit where everything changes. It's going to happen, not for all, but it will happen for some. It will happen for some. That this will be a moment, this service, when we begin to pray towards the end, when we begin to pray, you will feel the faith of God to believe for whatever it is you need and and we believe without a doubt tonight God is going to give you a moment in the spirit that transforms your thinking, your body, your spirit. Things are just going to change forever. You will look back in this moment in the spirit. That's when it happened. It's going to be one of those moments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. amen. Do y'all want to stand one more time? Just do it because uh, I just want you up and down just for a little bit. I am very worried about people getting bored and sleeping. <laughs> mm, but uh, you're different than, than the rest of the places I've been. They sleep a lot. Okay. I want to, um, do you have, uh, sister, back there, do you, can you throw up this scripture? I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 52. And I, I don't know if you can see that, so probably you'll want to uh, look at your your Bible, and then I'm going to read it out of uh, two different other translations. A scripture you know well, and uh, it says, In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall rise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In a moment, in a moment, we shall be changed. Now, one of my favorite versions is the International Children's Version, and I'm not kidding. I really do love that version. If you can't get it in the Children's Version, good luck. Uh, it, says, it says it this way. It says, uh, it will only take a second. We shall be changed as quick as an eye blinks. And uh, the new, inter uh, what is this? The new Living Translation, it says, it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye. Hallelujah. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm just going to inspire your faith. You will respond to the word of the Lord. We will pray, and then God will do it. It's really simple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's going to happen so quick. It's going to happen so quick you won't even notice it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we pray? Jesus, we love you tonight. We love you. Oh, God, we already feel it. You're here. You're here. We can already sense, God, that you're going to do it. We thank you now for the miraculous. We thank you now for supernatural signs and wonders. I pray a releasing, oh, God, of revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge today, Jesus. Divine wisdom and understanding that gives us dominion over everything. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you. <laughs> oh, God, thank you. You dwell amongst your people. Thank you. Thank you. You are here. You are here. You never failed us. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You can be seated.
I feel many times that God has just surprised me over and over. I've had faith for the supernatural, but when it was all over with what he did, just surprised me, and I feel like that same thing is going to happen tonight. What God dis, does tonight is going to out uh, is going to outdo what you expect him to do or what your faith is reaching for him to do. He's just going to surprise us. Somebody said that God doesn't do miracles just to impress you. But I said in my heart, wait a minute, I'm God's kid, and sometimes I just get bored with life, and I want to see something new. <laughs> you say what you want. That's just my approach. I've decided to come up with every reason why God can do it and wants to do it and not with every reason of why he doesn't want to and why it didn't happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a lot funner to live for God like that, isn't it? Hallelujah. Than to think you have to earn something from him. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. How long does it take God to do a miracle? How long does that take? How long does it take God to do a complete work of healing? How long? Then if that's the case, then you don't have to earn anything from God. You don't have to pray five hours. You don't have to fast five weeks to, to get a miracle. If it only takes God a moment, the twinkling of an eye, everything is going to be changed forever, one-sixteenth of a second, then really you don't have to earn it. I was discouraged one time. Well, <laughs> I get discouraged more than one time, but one time I was discouraged, and I was really discouraged, so I was like, oh, man, I need a prophet. <laughs> so I called a prophet. You know, prayer wasn't getting me out of this, and my wife wasn't getting me out of this. So I called a prophet, and I started complaining to him. I said, you know, I am praying three hours a day. I'm teaching eight hours a day for five days a week. I am pouring out so much energy and so much of myself. And the results that are coming back, it just doesn't look like the energy that I'm spending, the faith that I'm giving out, the results that are coming back does not match what I'm giving. And uh, he said to me, he said, how long does it take God to give birth to a nation? How long does that take? Well, I knew what he was saying, and so I said, it's just, it can, it can just happen within a second. It can just happen just like that. God, does it, it doesn't take God a long time to do a miracle. He can, he can do it. He can do it. And, uh, you know, the scripture says that when Zion, the church, travails in prayer, that she will give forth a harvest, that it just happens even before the pains of travail comes. It happens. It happens. It just happens so quickly. I can, I can say looking back on my six years when I first arrived into Vietnam, there was no real apostolic witness there. There was definitely no apostolic church there at all. And uh, the first six months was difficult. We were seeing miracles, we were seeing great things, but nobody was converting. Nobody was getting baptized. People received the Holy Ghost, but the baptism was a difficult thing. And for six months, we had nothing. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed. And uh, all of the sudden, all of the sudden, one Bible study, we baptized one person. And, uh, oh, well... Hallelujah. I was more excited about that one than you were. <laughs> I was given too much in six months to get nothing. When I got one, it was like the cloud the size of a man hand. It's getting ready to pour. That's what I told myself. That's what I believed. That this is just something that's just turned right now. Now, it was just what you would call a normal baptism, but when you have labored so hard for it, I said, everything turns now. Everything changes now. And from that first baptism, just in a, in a short few years, over a 1,000 people were baptized, and then several, several more thousand of people baptized in a few years. Hallelujah. So my question is, how long... How long does it take God to work a miracle? How long does it take God to bring your whole family in? How long does it take the churches that you've been laboring and praying and believing God for? How long does it take for a harvest? Jesus is saying, don't say four months. Don't put this thing in a, in a limitation. What God can do, he can do right now. 
He can do it right now. Hallelujah. You know, as I begin to think about, because in faith, sometimes we put things off for a better time, a better atmosphere, and uh, a certain, you know, when I feel right, when I feel faith, and when my emotions are together, and when I'm not tired on a Sunday night, then God can do it when I'm alert and awake for it. But what I have discovered is God can do it whether you're in your full capacity or not. When your faith is high or not, he can still do it. Matter of fact, everything that we do for God, all of our prayers, all of our sacrifice, all of our fasting, everything we do for God in our lives every single day is for one moment. You know that? We are living for the rapture. Everything we do, we are living for this moment. Every day you wake up, you do devotion, you read your Bible, you come to church, you pray. Everything, all of that is for preparation for this moment that's coming. We're living for this moment. Is that not true? Absolutely, that is true. It is based on, our faith is based off of a moment. We know the trumpet is going to sound and everything is going to change. That's why we live holy. Hallelujah. If not, let's drink, let's party, for tomorrow we die, right? Hallelujah. But we know there is a hope. We know there's a day coming where everything changes. Hallelujah. And we're living, we're living for that moment. At that time, the Bible says everything will change. It will be transformed. We will put off in we will put off the corruptible. We will put on incorruptible. But I, what I'm saying is, we have been living like it's coming every single day, and it has been happening every day. Every day, we're putting off a little more corruptible thinking. We're putting off a little more corruptible behavior. We're putting off a little more flesh. We're putting off a little, uh, uh, these, these thoughts that are against the image of God. Every day we're taking a little more off. We're taking a little more off. We're going faith to faith from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. And we're doing it all for the time where the body, the soul, the spirit is totally liberated and transformed. Hallelujah. But what I've noticed when it comes to the supernatural and these moments we have with God, that they're always put off to a later date and they're never put on right now. They're never for right now. They're always for a later time when the situation's perfect, right? When the health is good, the money's there, there's no arguing in the family. I mean, God definitely can't have a, do a miracle in your life when you fought the whole way to church. Or can he? Or can he? Hallelujah. Because you just told me God can do a miracle at any time. It doesn't take him a long time. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. So even what I've noticed with myself is sometimes I put the supernatural of God off into a perfect situation. When this is right, and, it, and we even play the stories out in our mind. If it looks like this and it looks like this, then God can move. Then God can reach them. But the problem with that is our stories and the, the things that we make up in our mind for God to do, and that would be perfect. They never work out like that, do they? They never work out like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. They always work out in some, it's always a worse situation. Hallelujah. You know, you, we're trying to reach family member, and we say, God, if this happens and this happens, oh, it would be so perfect. They would come, and God never does it like that. Because the miraculous is not for perfect situations. I was just telling somebody that my father received the Holy, Holy Ghost uh, two years ago and he died. But that is the greatest miracle my family has ever seen. It was the greatest miracle my family ever seen because he was the worst of everybody in my family. <clears throat> Did you catch that? That miracles and the supernatural of God is designed for difficult situations, not perfect situations. <laughs> Hallelujah. I had, to, I had to learn this really quick. Let me see if we can see that next slide. I want to show you some pictures. I had to learn this, this real quick in Vietnam because it's easy to pray when you have 300 people praying for you and the music's going and it's loud and, and you got all these emotions. You can believe God for anything. But when you're the only one praying, 
and there's no music going on, oh, you really, you really have to believe God. You really have to believe God. So what the Lord has really done to me these last several years being out of America is to have faith when I feel nothing. Have faith when nothing works out the way it's supposed to or the way I see it to work out. We were in this, in this service here and, uh, and we're trying to preach the best we can. You know, through translators, difficult. It's like 110 degrees. There's no fan. There's no AC. It's just, it's just not a perfect situation. There's phones going off. There's people with devils acting up in these services. And then in the middle while I'm trying to preach faith and believe God for people to receive the Holy Ghost, there is two dogs that run out into the church and go to the altar and these two dogs have a fight in the middle of preaching while I'm trying to feel faith, I'm trying to think faith, I'm trying to get you to think faith and feel faith and the only thing you can see is these dogs that won't stop biting and, and fighting and barking at each other. And, and I'm just, you know, trying to fake it, just preach over them and trying to think, oh God, how are you going to do this? I believed before I came here, but now that I'm here, I don't have much faith, I'm honest. I'm preaching faith, but I don't have much faith while I'm preaching it. How in the world is God going to fill these people with the Holy Ghost when these dogs are barking and everybody's just listening to the dog and not me? How's that going to happen? <laughs> I'm telling you, it can happen. With God, it can happen. It can happen because the supernatural is designed for imperfect situations. Hallelujah. My... What, my go-to thought is to push it off for another time okay when things are better and they have somebody playing on the keyboard then it can happen just let's push it off for another time but in the middle of it towards the end i said you know what why not why am i making excuses of why god can't do it and why god's not doing it oh well you know Maybe they didn't pray right, or maybe they got sin in their life, or they just didn't believe. We got all these excuses of why it's not happening. I decided to say, you know what? I'm going to come up with every reason why God wants to do it and why he wants to do it now. Why he wants to do it right now. I'm not, I don't have faith for tomorrow. I have faith for now. Now is where God dwells. God dwells in the ever-present now. There's no future with God. He's just now. He's just now. He's not in next week's good service. He's here right now. Hallelujah. If you got faith for tomorrow, you got faith for a place that God is not at. God is in the ever-present now. Now is the best time for a miracle. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in what we would call a service that is out of order, where there's no flow, there, what we would call that type of a service, God filled 11 people with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And instead of having the kids in church, they put the kids in the back room and tell them to go to sleep until church is over with. Well, in the middle of the dogs barking and trying to pray for people, wake the kids up, and six of these kids come out, and all six of them receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because God is a now God. He's able to do anything now. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to feel it. He's a now God, and he can do it now. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. We used to go to this church. Uh, I think they kicked us out. I'm not sure. That happens a lot. I get kicked out of more than I get invited to. I don't know how those numbers work out. Hey, can we get the next picture? But uh, as we go to this church, whoo, Jesus, hallelujah. Uh, we just prophesied on Saturday that they would have a kid's revival. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. And that translates here. That does not translate translate there uh kids don't come to church okay so uh this this church how you get to this church is you have to walk by several uh government informant informants uh so when you go to this church if they see you it's a red flag so you kind of walk with your head down and you walk real fast and i typically turn around and yell at my family like get up here <laughs> 
<laughs> move faster, move faster. And uh, I tell you, when I, when I was going to this church, it, uh, I didn't have much faith. I was probably more afraid than I had faith. You know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Ner nervous the whole time you're preaching because you don't know who's going to come through the back door. And, and uh, I, I tell you, when I preached in this church, I, I didn't have a lot of faith. It was like, Jesus, let me just get this over with and get out of here as fast as I can, put my head down, and that's it. We'll pray a simple prayer, and we'll move. We'll move on. It wasn't a perfect situation, but in that situation, God filled eight Buddhist kids with the Holy Ghost. Their first time ever being in church, ever being in church, with police informants all around, with the temperatures very, very extremely hot, with Buddhist kids that have never been in a church. Hallelujah. But these kids just lift their hands. We say, just say hallelujah. Just say hallelujah. Just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if that's the way you're supposed to do it, but I know it worked. <laughs> it worked. It wasn't the best situation. It wasn't the perfect situation, but Jesus is there and Jesus is ready to do anything right now. Right now. He's able and ready to do it right now. Hallelujah. When we, look and, uh, when we look at the story of Lazarus, the problem with Mary and Martha is sometimes the problem of the church. And that is we believe God. If he would have did it a certain way, we had faith back there in the past. We prayed certain prayers. We believed that God could resurrect back then. And we still have faith that he will resurrect in the future. Hallelujah. And Pastor Bounds already alluded to what happened to Moses was in the past. And, uh, and then we have a future. We have a future. But the missing link is the now. It's the now. We believe God back then when we prayed that prayer that he could have done it. We had faith. We believed. And it just didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. But we haven't lost faith. We still have faith in the future. We know that one day God can resurrect. God can change anything. You believe that God can change anything. I know you believe that. I can feel your faith. But do you believe God can do it right now? Right now. What you have faith for in God that you have put off in a distant future for a perfect situation. Do you have that kind of faith for right now when it's not perfect? When the goosebumps aren't there, when you don't feel it, do you still have faith then? Hallelujah. This was the problem with Mary and Martha. Hallelujah. And Jesus, Jesus is in front of them and he says, just believe. Just believe. Where's the measurement on that belief? How much belief? Is there a great belief? Is there a little belief? It is whatever you have the ability to believe. That's the standard of belief. That's the measurement. Whatever you can believe for, just believe. Just believe. God can take up where you're lacking. God's faith can take up where your faith is lacking. Just believe. And Jesus tells them, they say, they say, Jesus, we believe back then. We believe there. And Jesus said, well, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the, you know, what we're believing God for in the future when the trumpet sounds, that resurrection, everything changes. Jesus is right in front of them and he says, I'm him. I am the resurrection. The resurrection is looking at you right now. You put me off to the future and you put me back in the past, but the resurrection is right here. What I'm saying is where two or three are gathered in his name, resurrection's there. Anything can happen. Anything can change. Transformation can change at any point. Hallelujah. It can change at any point. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands? Hallelujah. Jesus, we bless you. You are here. You are here. Hallelujah. You are a now God. You are a now God. You're a now God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We were having a simple Bible study. And, uh, you know, some Bible studies just let me teach. Just let me teach. And 
Uh, that's what I need to get done. And, and this was one of those Bible studies where it was just a long teaching. Just let me teach. There's a lot of things I got to give you, so let me teach it. But in the middle of that Bible study, the thought came, why not now? Why in what I am expecting for did I put in a Sunday? Why, did, why don't I have it now? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to believe God. Let's shut down the Bible study. You, you, you got back pain? Let's pray for the back pain. When we prayed for the back pain, God instantly healed this guy of his back. Instantly. He had problems with his work. And when, when God healed him of his back, I said, you know what? We've been praying for this guy to receive the Holy Ghost for months. He hadn't received the Holy Ghost. You know what? It's just going to happen right now. It's just going to happen right now. We're not going to put this off like I have to pray an hour to earn God to use me to pray for this guy to get the Holy Ghost. Just get it right now. Just, just now. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. I love faith. It's just so simple. It's just so simple. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, you know, his back's healed. We're just, hey, get the Holy Ghost. Bam, smack him on the head a little bit. And he falls out talking. That was a little joke. Maybe not. Uh, Hallelujah. Uh, the guy gets the Holy Ghost. When he gets the Holy Ghost, I said, you know what? I have been thinking I've got to teach you for three years for God to call you and empower you to, to do the work of the ministry. You know what? Why not just do it right now? I laid hands on that guy. I said, Jesus, this guy is fixing to baptize his whole family. Of course, we don't speak the same language, but I was just saying, you know what? Why am I putting all of this stuff off like I have to earn it or it's got to build up to something? Why not just right now? Jesus can do it just right now. He can just change everything right now. That boy, that boy got up from, from the floor. The very next day, he took a six-hour bus to his hometown. I don't know. Can you go to that next slide? I don't know if I ever told you this. And... Uh, he, he leaves that Bible study. He goes to his hometown. He baptizes his whole family. He just received the Holy Ghost. He, he just received the Holy Ghost. This guy is a new, 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 new Christian. Very new. Fresh out of the womb, new. And uh, he goes down. He finds one of his old friends in the neighborhood that cannot hear. He starts pointing at the scriptures. Somehow he baptizes this deaf guy in the name of Jesus. The guy comes up out of the water and instantly God opens his ears. Instantly. Hallelujah. Now, if you're looking for a good water and heated water and a perfect situation, doesn't happen. And God doesn't need it. The miraculous works in imperfect situations. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me read you this scriptures. But, but as it is written, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. Did you hear that? Did you put it off for the future? That it hadn't entered your ears, hadn't entered your heart what God has prepared for you? Did you just put that in the future or did you put it in right now? right now that God has literally prepared something for you now right now before you leave this service now while I'm talking right now 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 hallelujah hallelujah somebody say amen now faith now God he's the resurrection not just then but he's the resurrection now when that time comes it will happen but until that time comes we've got to have now faith because we have a now God and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask or think right now right now not after I fast two weeks not after I pray three hours but right now hallelujah right now hallelujah wow that's powerful that is powerful but if you think about it that's the faith that we started with we started with a now faith we didn't start with a faith for a distant future event 
We started with a now faith. When you left the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, it was suddenly they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, it was a now. It was instantaneous. It just happened like that. It just changed everything. They didn't work their way up to the Holy Ghost. They didn't earn the Holy Ghost. They just received it, and it happened right now. It was suddenly, and it changed everything. Ha <laughs> ha. Hallelujah. That's the faith that we have. That's the faith that we started with. And that's the faith that we continue with. It's a now and ever present. This, everything can just change now. God can just unlock things in my mind now. The barrier in my thinking can just be gone now. The calling and the purpose of God can just come upon me. It can just happen now. It can happen just now. Praise the Lord. On my birthday last year, I got corona. It was pretty difficult. With it came pneumonia. They sent me to a doctor that uh, I wasn't allowed to be at because I'm a foreigner. So they had to change my name, give me a Vietnamese name for that doctor to receive me. While in that doctor uh, or that hospital, that doctor began to give me glucose. He began to put so much sugar in, in me that my sugar went so high it sent me into a coma. From that coma, a lot of things happened. A lot of things happened. I was in that coma for several days. And while I was in that coma, I didn't know who I was. I was able still to think at different times. At one point, I thought half the day I was in Japan. The other half the day I was in Thailand. I didn't know why this guy had me in his basement and he was trying to nurse me back to life again. It was, it was very strange. It was very strange. A lot, a lot of things that don't have words to explain that was coming. Uh, dur during that time, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was. As I was coming out of the coma and still not really there, just in and out, I didn't know where I was, who put me there. I didn't know what my name was. I, couldn't, I could think of words, but I couldn't get them out of my mouth. I would see the doctor come in, and I would try to think, my name is Josh, my name is Josh. But I couldn't get it out. I tried to think of my wife's name. I couldn't, I couldn't get it out. It was probably the worst experience I've ever been in. Definitely the worst I've ever been in. When I came out of that coma, it was not really a gradual thing. When I came out of that coma, I was able to loosen my wrist from a band that they had me tied down on. When I loosened my wrist, I saw my name tag, and it said Josh Barsati. My mind just opened up. It was like all of the fog, everything just instantly left. And I said, that's who I am. I have a name. I have a name. And if I have a name, then somebody put me here, and somebody knows I am here. It was like it instantly cleared up for me. It was so quickly. It was so quickly. It was just weeks and weeks of not eating and so many just terrible things was happening. When I saw my name, the doctor came in the room and, and I yelled at the doctor, my name is Josh. I told you I had a name. I told you I had a name. I told you somebody. Now she spoke Vietnamese. She didn't have a clue what I was saying. But I was so free. I was, I, was, I was free. I was free. I know who I am now. Somebody put me here. They, they know who I am. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And I begin to yell, my name is Josh, and my wife is Ashley, and I want to talk to my wife. They couldn't hear me, but it was right when I lifted my hand up and I began to say this. They come with me with a phone, and they, they gave me this phone, and, and I said, Hello. And it's my wife on the other end. Where, where have you been? Well, we've been, trying to, we've been trying to call the doctors. Many things are happening. What has been going on? 
it all just began to open up every single thing. The good thing is they took me out of that terrible room and they put me in a nice room. Thank you, Jesus. It was like everything just started happening suddenly. It was just like suddenly the fog left. Everything started coming back. I know who I am. It's okay. It's okay. They, if they know where I'm at, they've been praying for me. They have been praying for me. Okay, this is why this is changing. They're praying for me. This is why I come out of this so fast. I said to the Lord, would you, would you stand? Would you stand? I said to the Lord, as I was recovering in that hospital, I was so grateful for your prayers. Words, I don't have the words to say how grateful I was, but I, I became extremely, extremely grateful to the body of Christ. As they told me God worked a miracle in your life, I said, yes, amen, but God did it through the church. God did this through the church. I am here because of the church. It is not only Jesus. It is the church. It is the church. You are why I'm here. You prayed me out of that situation. I said to the Lord, I said, Jesus, I'm not recovering just to recover. I am not going through this just to go through this. I am going through this to come out with a gift to give back to the body of Christ. That is the only reason I'm going through this. I am not recovering just to recover. I'm not going through that. And I, I said this this morning, but the, I had some good people call me up and they said, look, you're going to have symptoms for maybe a year. It could last two years. We don't know how long. But in my spirit, I said, you know what? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'm coming out of this better than I came in. I think I'm coming out with some gifts to give back to the body of Christ. What you have given me, I have come back to you to give back to you. I have come, I have come to release the gift of healing to you. This is what you gave me. I am giving it back to you now. God is going to repair your mind in your thinking. God is going to repair the image that you have about yourself. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. And it's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen tonight. Hallelujah. This is what I told the Lord. This is what he confirmed to me. Because of what you have given to me, I am giving back to the body of Christ. God is going to heal you tonight. It is going to happen right now. It is going to happen right now. Hallelujah. 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 The discouragement is going to go. The wounded faith is going to go. The scars of disappointment is going to go. Virtue is going to flow. Hallelujah. The miracles of God are healed here. The healing of God is here for anything that you need in Jesus' name. It is here. It is here. God is going to heal emotional wounds and emotional scars. He's going to heal it now. Now. It's going to happen right now. Now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, here's what I want to tell you. God told me what he was going to do. He didn't tell me how he was going to do it. I believe that's going to be up to you and God how you respond. The gift of healing is here. God is going to heal you. You're going to have to respond however you feel like God is leading you to respond. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's here. It's here right now. It's here right now. The confirmation was at the very beginning. It's here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm saying tonight, Anything that is left over from COVID will completely leave your body. God will totally heal you tonight. But I feel, I feel, yes, God is going to do physical things, but there are so many emotional baggages that God is just going to heal. The pain, sometimes living for God, faith, the church, it hurts sometimes. God is going to heal it. He's going to heal the bitterness in the scars hallelujah am I talking to you is the Holy Ghost talking to you I want you to respond I'm going to pray with you but I want you to respond however you feel however you feel
I say now it's passing through your body. The healing virtue of Jesus Christ is passing through your body now. You may feel it and know it instantaneously when it happens. You may not feel it at all. It's just going to happen. Jesus name. Now Jesus. Now. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Oh, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not going to take a long time. It's not going to take all night. It never takes God a long time to do a miracle. Hallelujah. Right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. 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 God, you're the resurrection of every dead thing now. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.